0: First episode of the Reach Out podcast. This is your host Juan Bo orques and uh, I'm actually very excited about today because this is a new project. I've never done any content creation whatsoever, so I'm gonna just tell a little bit more about myself, about this project, and why I decided to do this. In case you haven't checked the pilot episode, please make sure to check it. It's on uh, Spotify and the other platforms. I'm gonna make sure to get them available to you. Uh, make sure that you have. All the access that you need so uh, just a little spiel by myself uh, I'm a 20 year old junior student at the College of Business Bowery College of Business at the University of Houston I'm a supply chain management major and uh, I'm from Colombia I I moved to Houston two years ago uh, next week is gonna be two years yeah and uh, I quickly realized how different the relationships when it comes to professionalism And the networking is here in the U.S. than in my home country, right? Uh, I realized how important it is here to have a good, solid network and how that network will take you to the best place that you could ever think of uh, in a professional realm. So the reason why I did this podcast is because just going back a few months, I was looking for an internship and I panicked when I... Got rejected for pretty much all the companies that I uh, applied to. And I decided to reach out to a lot of people on LinkedIn. Uh, Just people that had really cool jobs. People that are alumni from the college that I go to. And I reached out to about 50 people and maybe 10 of them reached back to me. So uh, I got advice from all these people when I did some informational interviews for them. And I quickly understood how good this advice, how how good their insights of the industry that they worked for was. So I uh, advised my friends to uh, do the same thing and pretty much all of them were just too shy to do it or they just didn't know how to reach out to these people. So I just said, fuck it, let's just do it on my own. Uh, And that's why I did this podcast. This is an interview style podcast, so every episode we're going to have a different guest. And with that said, I'm very, very fucking excited because this first guest, the first ever guest in this podcast is someone that I've talked to in the past and is the sweetest fucking person that I've ever known. And she should help us help us out. He should help you out. So with no further ado, Mrs. Lena Gwen.
1: Thank you for having me on your first ever episode of this podcast series. I'm very, very excited to be here. Um, my name is Linda, but you can also call me Lena. Um, I graduated from Bauer in 2021 and I also majored in supply chain management and I have been working in the professional supply chain field for about two years now.
0: Awesome. Uh, Lena, where do you work? And what do you do in that company?
1: So I am currently a procurement specialist for Raytheon. Um, Right now it's Raytheon Intelligence and Space, but soon it will just be Raytheon Technologies. So a lot of defense and defense contracting. Very cool stuff.
0: Very cool stuff. And uh, as I mentioned before, we did uh, talk a few times before this. Uh, I reached out to you. I think it was end of December of last year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, I remember looking at your profile and uh, seeing that you were an alumni and everything. And I don't know if you know this, I don't know if I ever mentioned to you, but you were actually the most sweetest one that uh, ever responded back to me because most of the people that I reached out to were like, oh, who is this kid? Like, what do you want? And whatever. But Lena was like, or Lena was like a super, super sweet. And Uh, I feel like it was for the best because you're now the first guest, right? So we're very happy to have you here.
1: (laughs) No, I totally understand. And I wish I had started doing what you were doing too and just reached out to alumni for their advice on the professional world. And um, I like to just be nice to people because we were all once students, once in their shoes, and, you know, a little bit of guidance and advice would not hurt at all. So, and I also like to see people grow professionally and see where they end up um just from taking your advice going forth, you know? It's just nice to see.
0: 100%, 100%. I totally agree with you. And uh let's just get into topic. The first topic that I want to uh that we want to talk about is professional rejection. Uh something that we all go through in some point of our lives. Uh maybe some others more often than Uh, Others and it's something that is very very taboo in some parts of it because there's a lot of emotions involved in it. So making sure to uh, take advantage of being professionally rejected is something that uh, is very positive and it's something that you will you always want to strive for. So uh, I'm gonna ask you some questions, Linda, uh, about this topic and your experience with this um area okay
1: yeah for sure yeah you you grab the right person for this topic too <laughs> those that have known my story knows that it has been a wild wild ride just to get where I am so I'm I'm ready for their questions
0: <laughs> so just like going off of what you just said uh tell us a little bit more about your journey with professional rejection and how do you got to the position that you're right you're right now
1: yeah, so I pretty much graduated in the worst possible scenario that could ever happen to any college kid, right? Um, the summer that I was supposed to get an internship and gain a little bit more experience about my field, that was when the COVID shutdown happened. So that was around, say, 2020, um, March of 2020. That's when, you know, in Texas at least, they announced or was it the us it wasn't that long ago but i already forgot but honestly um that's when the shutdown happened and a lot of companies were just canceling you know their internship programs and they're over here already trying to you know lay people off um they're not planning on taking any more interns or employees so i unfortunately graduated with no experience whatsoever and um that looked really, really bad. And it's really, really hard to land a job, um, especially in corporate, when you have no experience whatsoever under your sleep. But I was lucky enough that the retail job that I was working at a time had somewhat of a position that related to supply chain. Even though it was retail, it wasn't where I wanted to be. It didn't pay well, frankly. um, But it's one of those things where you just have to take in order to take the next step. You know, I just viewed it as the internship opportunity that I missed out, except I may be two years late, but you know, it's better than having nothing at all or having no job at all. So I just took that and it took a very long, dreadful, like three to four months of constantly tweaking my resume, working on my cover letter, applying to God more places than I can count to just finally get one person to say yes.
0: Wow, like that just I remember you telling me the first time that we talked and it just seemed very, very overwhelming because all the timing, all the circumstances, they just didn't want you to get a job. It's yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I'm I'm sure anyone that graduated in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one can kind of relate to what I'm saying, especially those that graduated in twenty twenty, the economy was a mess. (laughs)
0: 100%. 100%. So, uh, just considering all those times where you felt pressured by professional rejection, what do you wish you would have done different after you got rejected one of those times?
1: So, a lot of the times, um, you will get these rejection emails from automated like HR systems, right? You're not actually talking to a person, but I really wish I had taken um, just that extra step and emailed them back and asking like hey was there something particularly like, in my interview or my resume that i could work on to help better my chances for any positions that i might apply to in the future you know you have a shot 50 50 shots to whether it's uh, you're talking to another human or you're talking to a bot but either way just email them back because you never know what kind of responses you're going to get. And it could be really good advice for your next interview as well. Um, I just kind of skipped out on all of that because I kind of let my bitter emotions get the best of me. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is, this is kind of lame. Just delete the email so I don't have to see it anymore. But I really wish I had taken that extra step to reach out so that I could work on myself professionally.
0: <laughs> I totally agree with you. And I uh, want to highlight the emotional part of it. Which sometimes, especially in rejection, it plays a very, very important role, because um, we often let our emotions get the best of us, or in this case, the the worst of us, and uh, not reach out back, not reply back to those rejection emails, because as you said, it's a 50-50 chance, and uh, might as well you land uh, like a reply email with someone that's actually uh, caring for all the candidates and caring for. All the people that want to be in the company. So,
1: yeah, for sure. Especially if it's like a smaller company, small business, um, they will probably have a person reply back to you. And another thing is that, so as someone who's never been in a corporate setting before, I felt kind of intimidated to follow up and reach out. You know, a lot of these. Um, recruiters will promise you like, hey, I will get back to you by the end of this week, and you know you're anxiously waiting and waiting and waiting. By the end of the week, you still don't hear anything, and you're like, oh, I like I really don't know if I should follow up. I don't know if I should like say anything. Am I bothering them? Like they're so busy. Um, definitely don't be scared and just. Go and ask and follow up. You know, if anything, it shows that you really care about this position and, you know, you're good at keeping track of um, dates and what they say during meetings and whatnot. So don't be scared. Go ahead and reach out for a follow up if they haven't gone back to you.
0: That is so true. I remember uh, whenever I was interviewing for the position that I have right now, uh, I work in a financial advisor part time. And I used to work at Salgris Steakhouse. I was a server before. And I hated it just because I've been a server for a long part of my life and I didn't want to do it anymore. So when I interviewed and they told me the exact same thing, like, oh, we'll let you know. Uh, We'll reach out to you by the end of the next two weeks or whatever. And it came to that deadline and they hadn't reached back to me. So I took a second to say, "Okay, uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to just asked for a follow-up and not let the fear uh, get the worst to me. And that's what I did. I I called them uh, probably like three or four times. uh, If my boss, man, or my other boss, Anthony, are listening to that, uh, they are witnesses of that. And uh, I do not regret it at all because you deserve that follow-up and it shows what you said, Linda. Uh, It shows that you care about that position. It shows character.
1: Yeah, for sure. And if anything, it'll help them spark the memory of the interview with you. You know, they have other people that they're interviewing to hate to break it to you. You're not the only one. So it, it comes to separate you from the rest, you know.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I want to ask you about your current position uh, at Raytheon. So what was the interview process like that? And uh, were you nervous when you were in the hiring process?
1: All right. As to the nervous question, who isn't nervous going into (laughs) um, an interview, especially for something that you want so bad, you know, Um, there's a lot of like, oh, I can't screw up. I can't this this, and that. So you put so much pressure on yourself to answer everything like right off the bat and you just don't give yourself enough time to think. So definitely was nervous. Um, The interview process, I will say definitely differs for everyone. Um, Every hiring manager has their own style of interviewing just to kind of see if you're a good fit for the company. But mine personally was a lot of, uh, what do I like to do in my free time? What do I value? Along with some other procurement type, you know, questions that scenario type questions that they wanted me to answer, but they really focused on um, what I like to do in my free time. Because I do work from home, they heavily emphasize that when you work from home, some people, not all, some people have the tendency to just work 24-7. You know, their laptop's Mm. always on, their phone's always on, the email's always up, and they're always, always working. So they pretty much had to make sure that I had hobbies outside of work so I don't end up overworking myself. Um, So that was my personal interview. A lot of the scenario-type questions... um, I, again, like I said at the beginning, I was very, very nervous, so I didn't give myself a lot of time to think through uh, what I would do in these different scenarios and give them a really good answer. Instead, I just kind of jumped to whatever popped into my mind first because I just didn't want to, like, have that awkward silence for too long, and I'm like, oh my god, they're going to think I'm dumb or something like that. So um, that's also another thing that I would recommend for interviews. like It is okay to tell them that, like... You need a minute to think about it, you know, or you need a minute to recall when something similar has happened in your life, because you know you're 20-some years old. That's a lot of years to remember, and they will completely understand. So don't be afraid. Just take your time.
0: Absolutely, and uh, it's it's very important to uh, have a life, yeah, <laughs> like outside of work. For sure,
1: especially now that work from home, it's you know more normalized. Please have a hobby. <laughs> work 100%. is going to be the death of you. <laughs>
0: That is very true. And and I do find it very, very uh, wholesome, kind of heartwarming that a company such as Raytheon, which is very, very extremely intimidating, not only for the applicants, but as we discussed before, some of the other stakeholders, just because the the operations that they manage are so very big and the operations that they they, uh, have are just involved with hundreds of millions of dollars they do care about their uh, workers in that personal level that yeah, they uh, sure. want you to have those hobbies they want you to be mentally stable and mentally healthy just not only for your productivity to be at 100 percent, but also so you are you're a happy employee right mm-hmm.
1: yeah for sure i mean i will say that wasn't the whole interview like it was not easy by any means um but it did make me feel a lot better just having that part in there like, hey, you know, you guys do kind of care about me more than just like I'm more than just the number here.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I was really I also remember. Um, uh, so just a little parenthesis. The reason why I decided to go for this topic right of the first episode is because I was just like recently rejected from uh, a co op position that I applied to. Right. And. Uh, it was actually funny because I applied and like the usual feeling is like, oh, I hope I get this. I really hope I get this. I'm prepared for this. But when I applied, I was like, I'm definitely not getting this. Like, there is no way they're going to choose me for this position. So I got to just attack it from a different angle. So I did exactly what I'm doing right now, which I, I reached out to people from that from that company. And uh, I just inquired more and tried to get an interview for that position not through uh, applying itself, but just by networking and reaching out to people, right? So uh, I remember when I got into this cause with these employees, they were kind of going for the same thing as you were mentioning, Linda, which is uh, making sure that you have passions outside of your office because that affects your whole your whole persona inside and out of your position, right?
1: Right, and uh, if anything, it gives you more of a topic to talk to with your recruiting managers or whoever is out recruiting. You know, they have a life outside of work too. And if you guys have similar hobbies that line up, you know, you end up um, being more than just like a student and um, recruiting person you know you have build more of that relationship because you share the same hobbies something outside of work that you guys can talk about
0: absolutely absolutely so uh going back to uh when you were talking about the follow-up email and thank you for considering for this position email give me just a few items that you think would be included in the ideal follow-up email
1: so definitely um first thing is thank them, you know, for anything, even if you didn't get it, even if it's a rejection or you're following up, whatever. Um, Make sure you thank them for the time. So always mention like um, the position that you interviewed for and when it was, you know, kind of just to give them a ballpark of like, oh, it's this person that's talking to me because sometimes they're interviewing so many people they don't know, you know, the face to the name or the interview to the time for what positions, you know, so kind of just like, Hey, I'm blah, blah, blah. Thank you for interviewing me um, for this position on this date. Right. So definitely kind of give them an idea of uh, when you interviewed so they can just remember you more, thank them for their time. And then just um, ask them if anything in particular stuck out, like during the interview that you could improve on. Because they're going to try to be nice, you know, of course, they're not gonna be like, oh, this part of your it was terrible. But just try to word it very nicely that uh, you're doing this just for your own professional development. And um, just ask them, like, is there anything that I could work on or improve upon, right? And then you could also attach your resume again and ask them if there was anything that they think you could do fix or tweak here and there for it to be better so just any resources that you have you can even include your cover letter if you'd like and uh, just ask them if there's anything to improve upon don't ask them if what part was bad you know just ask if there's any <laughs> um, section that they think you could improve upon
0: <laughs> that's definitely important the wording the wording is uh, something that
1: it's like corporate slang will, you know the exactly, sooner you get into yeah. it the better
0: absolutely absolutely and uh I think that that is very important that you show gratitude towards that position and towards their time. Because, as you mentioned, Linda, they are people too, and they have emotions just like all of us. And we are often blinded by the fact that, oh, I'm intimidated by this person because this person is deciding the fate of me potentially being in this company or not, right?
1: Mm hmm, for sure.
0: And, uh, Um, Just moving on from from that, I want to ask you about differentiation, right? So, uh, it is often said that being rejected from an opportunity uh, is, is mostly being redirected to cultivate a relationship with not only the recruiters, but also with the people of that company that you may as well have talked to in an interview, right? So... Uh, how do you differentiate yourself from other hundreds or thousands of applicants that are being rejected and are also uh, following up with the same kind of similar email? Like, what do you do differently than them?
1: Um, So a lot of the applications that I, like, mass sent out during those three or four months, those... I'm not going to lie, I did not have a lot of thought put out into them. it was like, go on LinkedIn, whatever is new, just like go to the website and apply, right? But like I, uh, the, the hobbies thing that we brought up, it's actually super important. And that's one of the reasons why um, I got this interview pushed like at Raytheon, right? Because the initial team that I was um, applying for, the manager there was also a huge like computer person too. So I was like, oh, that's perfect. You know, I work for like a computer retail store. You like computers. And that kind of just sparked up um, a whole conversation. And, you know, and we had a really good vibe going because of side hobbies. So I can't stress it enough that like having common ground to discuss with the hiring managers or um, whoever's going to be screening you or interview you is so important. So if you just take a second to look on, you know, the LinkedIn post to see uh, who the person is that is – that posted it if you if you're able to message them like go ahead and just kind of strike up a conversation see what they're up to and even better if you're able to you know have a little coffee chat with them um just to see uh ask them more about the company see if you even like it first because you got to remember interviews are two-sided they're getting to know if you're a good candidate to be hired and you want to know if you're going to fit in at that company so you don't hate your entire existence right (laughs) so definitely the hobbies and the common ground thing um trying to pry it out of them and to get a conversation going they definitely will remember you more than everyone else
0: absolutely absolutely and i think that it all boils down to being yourself right For Sure. like having those hobbies and having those uh, uh common grounds with the recruiter it's just showing that you're not just uh like Little monkey that <laughs> has all his answers like dialed down and right, like, right. rehearsed. Yeah, and, like, and you know, text definitely
1: but. be yourself, especially if the person that's interviewing you is going to be your manager. Unless you want to keep up this act, you know, five days a week for every single day that you're at work, then you should probably just be yourself so you don't have to, you know, pretend to be someone that you're not. And you want to be your authentic self to also see if you're gonna like it there, you know. <laughs>
0: hundred percent hundred percent and uh, uh, What you mentioned that it is a two-way street uh, for every interview that you get uh, that is very true because You like as, as a student as a young person that is trying to get involved in the workforce Like let's be real you're only thinking about sometimes like the paycheck like I don't want to be broke I'm sure you don't want to be broke. I'm sure the people listening to this don't want to be broke but that's not the only thing about working for a company right. you know you gotta you gotta be connected to them uh on, on a personal it's, level it's
1: really really hard to go to work every day if you absolutely despise where you work <laughs> so
0: just keep that
1: in mind um it's not all about the paycheck the paycheck will come regardless of where you work you know you're gonna get a check but it's so much more important to be you know happy with where you're at as well
0: 100 percent, and uh I, I will answer this question as well but i want to see your perspective on it so what is your favorite thing about getting rejected
1: my favorite thing about getting rejected um oh that's a really good one so i don't think anyone likes to get rejected in any way <laughs> yeah. um well this answer is kind of a stretch you know um I was going to say this earlier, but I didn't really know how to squeeze it in. But every time you get rejected and you feel sad or down or whatever, um, it all comes down to your mentality and your mindset and how bad you want you know, that job, that position, working for that company, whatever. It's It all comes down to how bad you want it. If you want it bad enough, you're going to keep going and you're going to um, eventually get it, right? So every rejection to me is just like another chance for me to go back and you know um, look at my interview. What did I say that could have been better? Like, because a lot of these situational questions um, and whatnot that you know you talk in Gen B class, they do come back every now and then. Like the tell me a time will you this this and that. You know, a lot of the times you will come across the same questions across multiple interviews. So it's a good chance to reflect and see what you could have answered better. Anything on your resume that uh, they asked about, maybe then you didn't remember too closely you know a lot of us have projects you say you know on our uh, resumes and if they're like hey what did you do for this project and it was so long ago that you don't remember speaking from personal experience by the way (laughs) they point out a project and you're like oh my god like i don't remember what i did it's a good time to you know note it down go back look at this project and know what you did (laughs) and same with like cover letters and um Anything along that sort. So it's basically just another building block, you know, and even better if you can get an answer out of them as to how you can improve. So your next interview could be, you know, it could be the one. So I guess that's my quote unquote favorite part. But to be honest, rejection just sucks. But like I said, it's all uh, it comes down to your mentality and how you look at it. Just don't fall complacent.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do agree. Rejection. Rejection sucks. And uh, I do want to like, highlight the what you mentioned that you always got to have your A game when it comes to the things that you put down in your resume, because you never know when you're going to be asked about it. And I remember I was interviewing for this company and I made a huge mistake, which is that I changed um, my template for my resume just a day beforehand. And as it was a template, there was... One thing that I didn't have on my like, I didn't do was just in the template, which is that I, uh, quote unquote, I speak Chinese fluently. Oh my goodness, which I obviously don't. That's
1: actually kind of funny. The lady
0: was like, Right, and the lady was like, Oh, you speak Chinese? I was like, No, it was like, Oh, and then she told me it was on my resume, and I was like, Oh my god, but. Yet again, obviously, I got rejected from the company. But um, just having that those details on point and remembering everything that you put on your resume, mm-hmm. your cover letter, that's always yeah. very, very useful. Same,
1: so for the cover letter thing, also speaking from personal experience, be careful and make sure you put the right company name on there. Um, don't submit <laughs> a cover letter with the wrong company name. You're not going to get an interview. So keep that in mind. You know, it's It sounds silly, but when you're sending out so many applications you kind of you know let that thought drift and you might not be as careful as you think
0: <laughs> absolutely that, that is that is really good advice <laughs> like I'm we laugh at it
1: now until it happens then you're like oh my gosh <laughs> like, i can't take <laughs> true, this application <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: uh, so considering that this is the first episode uh, of this very very exciting project i did want to have like some consistency or some frequency of one question that i asked every of our guests so uh ninda i want to ask you what advice would you give to your 20 year old self
1: the one piece of advice that i would give my 20 year olds what was i doing as a 20 year old i was like a junior or something like that right um (laughs)
0: life
1: goes on like it's so simple so cliche but if you really like think about it you know if you're a junior um, about to you know apply for your first internship or like the handful that you have and you get rejected it feels like the end of the world (laughs) it really does (laughs) and same when you graduate and you're on that job hunt um if you don't have one like lined up ready like co-ops jobs internships if you get rejected like the first time in a professional way it feels like the end of the world and when you keep getting rejected it feels like the end of the world but if you have that mentality and you keep um, striving to become better, you will get it in the end. And I used to hate it so much. I used to hate um, like that line of like, Oh, if you keep trying, you'll get it. Cause it felt like I was in this little pit and I was just crawling my way out and I'm making like no progress. Right. But if you want it bad enough, you will get it.
0: 100%. 100%. And, uh, I think that is also related to what you mentioned before, which is how bad do you want it
1: mm-hmm. and
0: how easy it would be for you to give up after just one rejection. Right. Because let me tell you, it's, 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 it's hard it out is. there. And uh, I'm going to be honest, uh, most of the people, they don't really care about what you're going through. Because they have to think about the company, they have to think about the money, they have to think about all these things. So maybe you like life as an applicant, as just a college student, it's not important for them. So you gotta have that character, you gotta have, have, have that grit of saying, I'm not gonna give up, I want it bad enough.
1: Right, because if you know, you like a year from now, you're gonna be the age that you are, but whether you're gonna be the age that you are, with a bunch of applications out there or none, it's it's up to you. You know what I mean? Um that, I just realized that sounded like kinda of confusing, but I hope you get the gist of that's, it.
0: That's uh, so No, I sounded so cool. I'm gonna be honest, that sounded so cool. <laughs>
1: well thank you. As long as like at least one person understands, it's it's good for me. But I wanted it so bad and you know, getting a rejection from, you know, your typical part time um, like restaurant or retail job, like that's whatever. We can get over it but for like you know a big girl or a big boy job out here in the world it really really sucks
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely and uh Lena Linda I, I want to thank you again for being here as a first guest um uh, I'm very happy that you were a first guest cuz uh I think our conversation flow are really really cool and uh Maybe in the future, we'll yeah, have you definitely.
1: back. I do like how everything but, came around full circle with your last question in there too. So, it all tied up.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure that the listeners gain some value from this conversation, gain some value from this episode. And I'm sure that you guys are going to gain some value from the next episodes as well. So, make sure to follow the Reach Out podcast in social media. Uh, by the time you hear this, it's gonna be up on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, whatever. So I'm um, gonna make sure you have it, you have access to it, and uh, just um, just to end the episode, Lena, do you have any last words?
1: Keep trying your best. <laughs> you got this.
0: <laughs> I mean this in the most Absolutely. like
1: big sisterly advice that I could possibly put out there. <laughs> you got this
0: hundred percent and uh, uh don't be afraid to reach out to people because uh maybe it's not about the position or the thing that you want to get out of them but it's about the relationship that you form from these people that you're reaching out to so perfect example is linda so uh uh just to finish it up have a great day guys have a great week and i'll talk to you soon